0: Welcome to Move the Line Prop Drop Show. Prop Drop sponsored by WinBet. Download the app today. Enter promo code four four four. Receive a risk free thousand dollar bet. I'm Ryan Noonan, joined by my two favorite fellow prop d Jens, returning this week after his week six hiatus. It's Connor Allen. Connor,
1: welcome back. Thanks, man. It felt wrong last week not being on the show. There was there were some serious moments. I was I was in a wedding last week. You know, I was one of the the groomsmen where I considered like trying to delay some things, like work some things around so I could do this show. Um, I I realized that that would be, you know, ultimate shitty move and I couldn't pull it off, but uh, you know, I had to smell the roses, make some life decisions and, you know, pull it off. I figured one week of props, you guys could hold it down and it seems like you guys did. So um, I'm I'm happy to be back.
0: Yeah, I strongly advised against that. (laughs) Someone who recently got married a couple of years ago, you know, I guess I'm still fresh and you'll know too, Connor, you're getting married in, in a matter of months at this point. You're not going to want one of your guys that's like part of everything uh, somewhere else mentally or even, you know, even physically, uh, as you would probably have to do to, to record the show. So, you did the right thing, you're a good friend. Uh, Prop Stars and I held it down. Also, joining us always in the space is Alex. What's going on, buddy?
2: What's up, Ryan? What's up, Connor? We definitely held it down. I had a ton of fun last week, I definitely missed. Connor though, we were wondering what you were doing. I mean we knew you were at the <laughs> wedding, but we were wondering if you were like, you know, live streaming like, you know, at the <laughs> at the uh, ceremony or at the reception or um uh, the I rehearsal dinner. Or... Don't worry. I was, I was still
1: grinding <laughs> props, you know, at the at the rehearsal, you know, everything.
2: I think we even gave out a prop in your honor, if I'm not mistaken, as well, isn't that right, Ryan?
1: We did. I actually read one of your
0: props from your article. Um I think I I think I read Mike Williams.
1: Oh, no, no. Well, so
0: I think what happened was is the other ones were either dead, or it was the only one that was playable still in the moment. Gotcha. So I think I read through them, but um, Mike Williams' one, who's been very, you know, hit or yeah, miss. It, it was bad. a good week,
1: and that was not that was my my worst play. It ended up being, but it's all right.
0: Yeah, it's all good. Uh, we just uh, hopefully, if you're joining us, jumping in on Twitter, we just fire that out to you guys. Uh, jump in the chat. The last half of the show after we go round the horn is going to be us handling your questions um, so we absolutely love that um, also wherever you're listening or watching you can subscribe so you don't miss a show we have two shows a week both in podcast form also available on our YouTube page those links are below no matter where you are for show notes um, this is prop drop but also on Wednesdays Connor and I bring on people from around the industry top analysts in the space talk game by game more of a um, you know sides and totals betting perspective um, so again fill up the chat uh, we're gonna get started Connor Kick us off. Uh, what's your first bet of week seven, my brother?
1: All right. First bet is uh, Davis Mills under 228 and a half passing yards. I know that Davis Mills has been playing well the last few weeks. Um, but if you kind of look at the level of competition, um, right now, in New England's pass defense, which started off the year hot against poor competition, just 16th in pass defense DVOA and the Colts 29th in pass DVOA. Now they draw the Cardinals' uh, pass defense, which is second in DVOA, seventh in pressure rate, eighth in adjusted sack rate. Um, I am very, very certain that Davis Mills is not good. Uh, And so (laughs) I'm very comfortable playing this number on anything below, anything above 200. We talked about this on our Move the Line Wednesday show. Um, You know, this is – we saw Davis Mills struggle multiple games to start the season against teams like the Bills. And, and, you know, the other game that he played, like he – Barely threw for 100 yards, you know, and like was struggling so bad against good defenses. Now he plays against another good defense. So for me, I think he ends up with less than 200 yards. I'm considering points betting the under. Uh, we talked, Ooh. I know we had a question about that. Uh, I just don't see the upside here at all. And I think that this is a great spot uh, to get down on betting against Davis Mills.
0: Yeah, you've been railing on Davis Mills' unders. Uh, this will probably be your last shot. It looks like Tyrod is slated to return possibly next week. So. Yeah, uh, I can I can get behind that for sure. Uh next, Alex, we are gonna essentially tag team this one. And I'll let you go first. Um yeah. we are double dipping on uh, on an over here.
2: Yeah, Ryan and I both love Dallas Goddard. I've got his receptions. Ryan's into the yards. But, yeah, I'm playing over three and a half receptions. This one is a bit juicy. I think I last saw it at minus 150. But, yeah, as we know, uh, there's a lot of things to like. For instance, no more Zach Ertz in this Eagles offense. This leaves Goddard as the primary pass-catching tight end. Um while Goddard was on the COVID list, Ertz was playing 88% of the team's snaps. He was running routes on 73.6 of Hertz's dropbacks. I'm obviously anticipating, I think we're both anticipating Goddard assuming that role, basically running a route on almost all of Hertz's dropbacks. In games that Goddard has played without Hertz in the lineups, he's eclipsed this total in four out of five games. He's averaging nearly seven point or excuse me, seven point one targets in those games. Uh, the Raiders have also been very generous to opposing tight ends. They've allowed the second most receptions fifth-most yards to the position on the season. Um, both Denzel Perryman, Nick Kwiatkowski, both really struggle in coverage. Um, yeah, Hurts loves to target his tight ends. I think Goddard's in line for a really solid day versus a pretty soft middle of a Oakland defense.
0: There is very little meat left on the bone uh, after that breakdown from Alex. So I echo all those statements. I'm on Goddard over 43.5. It's minus 110 At Caesars, it's the same number, 43 and a half, at a bunch of books, I think all the way up to like 120. Still bettable. You know, FanDuel, DraftKings, win, depending on where you're at. Yeah, I mean, Alex said it all. Great, great spot against a team that gives it up to the tight end position. They faced really good tight ends, but I think, obviously, Goddard fits that mold, especially without Ertz, as uh, you know, Alex did a good job highlighting there as far as how the routes run, targets per route run, all spiking in a big way historically way and is out of the lineup so connor keep us moving buddy what is next
1: for you yeah just real quick on that that was one of the few i take notes every week on props that i'm waiting to drop and that was one of the biggest ones for me and something that i got excited about i I hug emoji that and you're in the discord and i'm definitely on that as well uh big fan of goddard i mean just going forward too like i'm I'm curious to see how the market reacts here i hope that he just like barely beats his number this week and then continuing keep hitting it just like for like two three weeks yeah. as he continues like his role, you know, escalation in this offense. So
0: yeah, I thought forty eight and a half would be probably where we came out at. I yeah. hit Noah Fant over forty four and a half in the same spot last week against the Raiders, and I think it's a as good of a matchup. I think that actually the game state is even better here this week. You know, you're in a uh, indoor environment uh, against you know faster paced teams, so even even more. Let's hit that Goddard number in a big big way.
1: Yeah, uh, staying on tight ends here. My second one. Um, Mike Gusecki over 39 and a half receiving yards. I don't, I don't really understand this one at all. Uh, we've been projected for 63. Uh, he's gone over this number in five of six games to start the year. Uh, the, the Falcons' defense is not very good. And, I mean, the game state should keep both teams passing the ball. Uh, Tua and Giseki have shown plenty of chemistry in passing. Mean, he's coming off a monster game. I think this number is at least 10 yards too low. Uh, it just doesn't really make sense, I guess. You know, potentially some of the receivers are getting a little bit healthier. But, you know, I don't really think that that dilutes his target share too much. I mean, maybe one target, two targets a game. But, you know, realistically looking at this game situation, I think that they're going to be throwing the ball plenty and that, uh, you know, two and, him have, two and him have a good connection. So I'm more than fine playing over 39. I would play it up to like 45, 46, to be honest.
0: I'm surprised they haven't posted without the Devontae Parker news. Yeah, this, is a, fan duel, by
1: the... this is a fan duel, by the way. I don't think that... – well, no, this is a drafting actually. I think it's everywhere at this point.
0: Yeah, because uh, so, yeah. it's interesting. I mean, obviously, if Parker is ruled out, I mean, just – Yahtzee on this. I mean, it's you made a good case anyway. It's a great, uh, great, great play. But, I mean, Parker out for – it's just such a narrow target share. Um, so, good point. Now, my next one, James Conner, over 53.5 rushing yards. This is minus 115 at DraftKings, Caesars, and MGM. I think this is ideal game situation for James Conner. Cardinals have shown that they are going to run – when they are up, they actually are a little bit higher than average, both with a three-point lead or anything more than a seven-point lead. They actually are running the ball about 4 to 5% higher than league average, which is interesting. Uh, They've shown a real clear pattern on how they're going to use the backs. Edmonds is not on the injury report, but he's been dinged up a little bit. He's really kind of slid into a really clear long down-and-distance role. His rushing share is like nosedive over the last couple of weeks. Maybe that's because of the injury. But, I mean, Connor is the grinded-out clock killer when the Cardinals are up. We saw it last week. We didn't think that would be the game state when they went to Cleveland, but it was. He out-touched Edmonds 17-7. to That resulted in 50, or 71 rushing yards on the ground. Browns are top three in run defense, uh, both EPA and... And DVOA. Now we're talking about a game at home against the Texans, uh, 31st and adjusted line yard defensively. Really, really nice spot for Connor. Uh, our projection has him around 68 yards. So I think we're still at least five, six yards. I'm surprised this hasn't moved um, in the last few hours. So
1: big on Connor. Yeah. Um, it should probably be like low 60s. I think to be honest. Just my, I guess the only the only like devil's advocate concern is just that maybe you know like they get so far ahead that um, you know that even Connor isn't playing. Like that's the only concern. But again, that's like you know, that's gonna be like mid fourth quarter probably. Like and that's what means that good don't, things don't, happen for yeah. them to get there, right? I mean
0: exactly yeah. yeah. So Connor's probably heavily involved. A great, yeah. great matchup. So yeah. um yeah, what's well, uh what's your next one, Alex?
2: Yeah, so sticking with running backs, gentlemen, I'm going Josh Jacobs over fifty-seven and a half rushing yards. Saw this at minus one fifteen on FanDuel. Yeah, Josh Jacobs is finally healthy in this. Or excuse me, Las Vegas offense. He's handled forty-five rush. Excuse me, forty-four rushing attempts over the last three games. Uh, it was really encouraging to see that Peyton Barber was a healthy scratch last week. I was really curious how. Um, the backfield touches would shake out after uh, Gruden, obviously, is no longer coaching. Um, yeah, it's a great sign that Raiders are comfortable with Jacobs as their lead back. They're going to continue to lean on him. Uh, the Eagles' rush defense has been downright terrible. Five running backs in the last four weeks have gone over this total. They've all had a minimum of 10-plus carries. Brandon Graham is on injured reserve. He is their best run defender, arguably the best defensive player on the Eagles' for the past five or six years, probably Um, they are really missing his presence. He plays a well, the run as well as any four, three defensive end in football. I also like the game script potential of the Raiders being home favorites versus just a really struggling Eagles defense, giving up the fifth most yards to opposing running backs. 119 yards per game to the position. Um, it's also encouraged by Jacob's health. He's practiced in full, I believe, the last two weeks. He's been dinged up all season. He's kind of been somewhat ineffective. But, yeah, I think this is a low number. He hasn't actually eclipsed 60 yards yet this season, but I think this is the time he does it. Yeah, I'm expecting him to see another really healthy workload and just take advantage of a really, really soft middle of the Eagles interior defense.
0: Yeah, you made a good case there. I looked at this one early because I, I liked it, too. I, again, I like the game state, as we talked about earlier. I was surprised that he hasn't hit it yet. Um, could be fluky. I mean, last week they had a nice nice uh, lead, too, against Denver. But um, um, there's no denying the talent there. Uh, just a matter of opportunity if you still, again, have Barber or something like that out. Clear a path could be a, a really good spot for him to, to hit it.
1: Uh yeah. We uh we also have him projected for seventy seven yards, so yeah. I think a good good bit over that that total as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's what caught my attention and why I jumped right to it, and I was mm-hmm. surprised to see like Alex highlighted that he hadn't hit it yet. But
2: he, that I think he actually doesn't mean fi- he's not going to hit it this week. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I had him projected in the mid seventies as well. And I think he's actually finished between like fifty three and fifty five yards, and yeah. I want to say like four of the games so It's obviously like right oh. at the door. It's just a question of you know uh, this is just an ideal matchup for him. I just yeah, that's I think great he gets a.
0: Lukey, Kenyon, Drake stuff last week too, where he, you know, he had a couple big runs. He broke a long touchdown run, you know, that they grind that out. You're going to see probably four to five more Jacobs carries on that drive and, you know, boom, he's over and and we're not even talking about this. So uh, Connor, third bet.
1: My third bet is uh, Ryan Tannehill over 249 and a half passing yards. Uh, I mean, he started off the season a little bit slow, the blowout loss to the Cardinals, but as we discussed, they're actually good, good defense. Um, You know, since then, uh, you know, he's been playing a lot better. Uh, And if you look at this matchup here against the Chiefs, they've allowed the third highest yards per attempt in the league at 8.4. And most opposing passers have more than exceeded expectations this year. Um, Week one, 321 passing yards from Baker Mayfield. 240 from Lamar Jackson, but only on 26 passing attempts. So his yards per attempt was crazy. Uh, 281 to Herbert, 387 to Jalen Hurts, 315 to Josh Allen. And then last week, only 182, but it was against uh, Taylor Heineke. So I think that, you know, Tannehill falls more into the range of the guys who are successful uh, than not. And so as long as he's getting any kind of volume here, um, you know, I think that he's going to easily breeze past this. Also, Julio Jones looks like he's going to play as of right now. Um, you know, even though he's a little bit hobbled, he said that he's going to be good to go. I mean, Julio does this all the time. You know, he's banged up, he's old. He literally just, you know, toughs it out and can will maybe have three catches for, you know, 25 yards or seven for 100. You know, we don't really know what Julio we're going to get, but either way, him being on the field is good news for A.J. Brown. Um, but in reality, I expect this game, game state too, to be really back and forth. You know, this Titans defense is not good at all either. The Chiefs are, you know, desperate to keep winning. They need to keep turning the pressure up. And so, you know, putting the edge on the Titans there to kind of keep this game back and forth. I like the over in this game, and I like that Ryan Tannehill to throw for 250, maybe even 300-plus yards, honestly. I'll take some alt-overs there as well.
2: Yeah, I I was really impressed. I like to play a lot, yeah, but I was really impressed by A.J. Brown last week as well. To me, he looked about as healthy as he's looked all season. He was explosive in that second half. He really came alive. Yeah, I also was looking at him as a play um, in this game. I think he's positioned well, and yet I think, yeah, he's going to be a big option for Tannehill. I I love the spot, and I think, yeah, the passing game is going to uh, look a lot better this week.
0: Yeah, excellent call. Uh, Good job laying it out there. My next one is uh, Alvin Kamara under 22 and a half carries this is minus 125 on DraftKings I believe the prop tool or prop tool that we have in part of our betting sub at um, 444.com slash plans check it out I think this has it as the biggest value of the week Um, I know that there's been a propensity to lean on him a little bit more on the ground than we've seen in seasons past but if you look back over the last 20 games he's only topped 20 carries three times Um, he's gone under 22 and a half, 90% of the time. It just doesn't happen very often. And we had it again last week or, you know, two weeks ago when they played Washington, they were up big. And I think he got to 16. This is 22 and a half. This is not a good game environment. I think you're going to have just slow paced slog with Jameis and, uh, you know, Gino. I think you want to bet over on the punts in this game. I don't think it's going to be a spot where we're going to see a ton of offense. This is going to be low twenties, high teens, Seattle's actually really bad at defending the pass in the running back position. And I know that that's, you know, a point of contention often in, you know, whether it's prop betters or the fantasy space, we want to get Kamara those high value touches. They're more valuable than the passing game. I think the road and path to the least resistance to get Kamara the ball here is going to be through the air. And hopefully coming off the bye, you know, the Sean Payton and company think that's the, the case too. I think we see under 20, so 22 and a half. I feel like we're working with a little bit of house money here. Uh, absolutely love this play.
2: Yeah, I do as well. That also feels like an enormous number as well, Ryan. So, yeah, I totally am uh, down with backing it as well. So, yeah, my next play is Debo Samuel over 57 and a half receiving yards. This has been a really interesting um, – Number to watch today. I believe it opened, I want to say at 64.5. I saw it move up to 67.5 at one point. And then, yeah, right before we went live, it was 57.5, which was very head scratching. Um, yeah, he's averaging 109 uh, receiving yards per game. With Jimmy G under center, he's averaging 122.5 receiving yards. Per game. I haven't projected in the high 70s. Obviously, we know George Kittle is not in the lineup. Um, he's averaging 6.2 receptions per game, a really hefty 17 and a half yards per catch. Yeah, he just seems to be Jimmy G's favorite target. Obviously, we know he's returning to the lineup. The Colts have struggled with opposing number one receivers this year. They're also going to be playing without safety justice. Julian Blackman. Uh, Tyler Lockett went over hundred yards. Cooper Cup went for a buck sixty three. Devontae Parker, 77. Marquise Brown, 125. Brendan Cooks went for 89 um, yards. Just looking at. Uh, Debo's game logs with Jimmy G under center this year. He went nine for 189 on 12 targets, six catches, 93 on eight targets. Week two, week three, five catches, 52, but still had double digit targets, 10, 10 targets in week four versus Seattle, eight catches for 156 yards on 13 targets. Yeah. This does not make sense to me why this number is so low. I know Ryan was looking at this as well. Um, yeah. It just seems like a really good spot coupled with, yeah, having, uh, Garoppolo back in the lineup seems to really uh, benefit Debo.
0: Yeah. I'm eating a bad number here, but I don't even care. I love the number that I took earlier in the week. I wanted, Maybe it was yesterday, I think, at um, I think 66, 66 and a half I took. Um, we haven't projected for 85 and a half. Uh, you, you know, you did a great job breaking it down. The Colts are a massive, massive pass funnel right now. They are first in run DDVOA, second in rushing success rate allowed, and you can pick them apart. And, again, like you said, without Kittle, I think it's weather concerns here. We're looking at a good amount of rain, possibly some winds. But, again, the way that they use Debo, that makes me less nervous. And he's such a a yak machine. They can still get him the ball as an extension of the run game because they're not going to be able to run, and he can still get there, even in sloppy conditions. I don't –
1: it just doesn't worry me with the way that he's used. Connor, do you have anything that you want to add to that? uh, Yeah, the biggest – Uh, concern is the weather our local you know weatherman at uh chris allen at four for four wrote about this he said basically that you know the amount of rain could rival the 2019 mud bowl um and could all but there also could be nothing you know so like it's one of those things that um i'm very very much uh okay with betting um you know closer to game time and i already i think betted a little bit with you at the bad number but yeah, I think it's something that right now I'm personally just like waiting probably to double down on if it's closer to game time and it's clear because the number – we have been projected for 85 receiving yards. So in a, all things considered, you know, without that, like 85 is normal. But, you know, with the weather, I could see this game turning sloppy pretty fast. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I don't think it's the bad bet still. But, yeah, you can probably wait because it's fluctuating. Again, if we have nice conditions, then oof, you're yeah. you're in the, in the high 50s and you're – your love and your, life, love and life. Uh, Connor, last one, buddy.
1: Yeah, my last prop of the day is something that I actually uh, just played here. So, golf, uh, I took Jared Goff under uh, 267 and a half passing yards. Um, uh, he's gone under this number in four of six games this season. Now, draws one of his toughest matchups to date, uh, against a strong Rams defense, fourth in passing with DVOA. Um, you know, Hawkinson and Swift banged up. Uh, so I mean, I like this one down to about 260. I know that there's a negative game script concern that they're going to be playing from behind probably the entire game, but like the Lions have been playing from behind the entire game, the entire season. uh, And that hasn't seemed to matter really at all. Uh, Now they draw one of their tougher matchups. So and not to mention the Lions, like in when they're in neutral, even like slightly negative game strip, they still are fine with running the ball plenty. You know, they rely on that run to you know open up play action, at least in their minds. Uh, so you know, I'm fine with taking the under there. 267. I'd probably play it down to about two sixty. We have two fifty projected. I know the margin is a little bit narrow there, but I just think the floor for golf is really, really low here in a spot that you know should largely be very dominated by the Rams.
0: We want to see Goff do a little bit of something this week, right? It's going to take an L, but we want to see a little bit of a little bit of things breaking Goff's way. It's going to be a long long couple of hours for him. Um, all right, my last one is Justin Fields. Over 18.5 rushing yards. I got it at 15.5, but I'm still going to give it to you because I think it's playable at 18.5. This is minus 114 on FanDuel. Now, I don't have a, a ton here. I mean, no one blitzes more than the Bucs do. That's really nice to see. 39% of the season. Um, it's about... higher than your league average team. We saw a season high 14% scramble rate from Justin Fields last week, which is encouraging, maybe feeling a little bit better, maybe a little bit more confident, understanding that his legs are an asset. Running dead on into the Buccaneers front is not a plus EV way to move the football. So I think we're going to see a lot of dropbacks regardless, whether it's him trying to make passing attempts or not. But again, with that pressure, I think he's going to be forced out of the pocket and to use his legs to extend plays six attempts last week for 43 yards in a slow game script. Uh, You know, I think if we see three to four attempts here, he gets there pretty comfortably. This could be possibly a points bet situation too. If you have the stones for that, these are, I think the ideal spot. And I think Connor agrees with me. We've talked about that before, you know, rushing yards for quarterbacks uh, when the threshold is low, like that, the just the range of outcomes of distribution, like 43 yards last week, you know that's a really nice points bet opportunity. I know that that was a question, and maybe we'll circle back to that in a minute. But uh, over eighteen and a half for fields, I like quite a bit.
2: Yeah, I was personally shocked when this number came in um, under twenty, Ryan. I, if you recall, last week yep. we were talking about. I believe it opened at twelve and a half. I played it personally. I made it my column, my weekly column play at fourteen and a half. I watched the game obviously in full. It was very encouraged. By his legs, he was he was scrambling. He was effective running the ball. It was finally nice to see that part of the offense open up. Also, we've got some really good game script opportunities versus the Bucks. You mentioned it's just going to be really tough to run against that incredibly front stout traditionally with running backs up the middle. So, yeah, I'm expecting his legs to be a um, very important part of the game plan. I absolutely love that play. And my final prop of the night is Gio Bernard, under 23 and a half, rushing and receiving yard. Gio has been completely phased out of the offense. He only played 12 snaps total last week. He really hasn't done much since returning from an LC, excuse me, MCL injury. He is obviously third on the depth chart. Um, he handled two touches last week. He's playing a very stingy Chicago defense. They've allowed the 12th fewest receiving yards to opposing running backs. Uh, I haven't projected at 17 combined rushing and receiving yards. Geo's had four carries on the season total and that came in one game. Bucks are obviously double digit favorites. Um, I think it's going to require a, a negative game script for Geo to get on the field. Obviously, the Bucks very unlikely to be trailing in this game. The Bucks also seem very comfortable with Leonard Fournette as their lead back, and they obviously spell him with a healthy dose of Rojo. Whenever he needs a breather, outside of one game, which was the Rams game where the Bucks happened to be trailing, Bernard has maxed out at six touches in any single game. He's averaging twenty-three combined total yards, but he's been held under in three of five. And yeah, four carries this season. Bucks being twelve-point favorites, I just think this is a great spot to fade him.
0: Love it. Yep, very clear how they're using him. So, all right, well done, folks. This is your time. This is time to fire off some twitter questions uh we have some from earlier in the day you're in the chat now on youtube uh fire away what are you looking at what do you want to get uh, a confirmation bias one way or the other uh anything you're considering anything you've already hit uh, let us know so we're going to cycle back through some of these i know there's some questions while we were going on the dallas goddard situation uh justin wants to know what juice would you need for goddard over four and a half so i know that Alex bet it at three and a half. If we're in that plus one twenty, I think there was another one from Ryan here. Minus one oh two good on four and a half. Thoughts on that, Alex?
2: Yeah, I personally uh would play it at the plus one twenty at minus one or minus one oh two. I'm gonna lay off it there. I think that's uh, fairly efficient, probably around what it should have opened at. Uh yeah, I think if at plus one twenty it's fine It's like a half unit play. Um but yeah, I, I wouldn't play the minus one Oh two. If, uh, you're not getting at least plus plus I'd lay off.
0: Yeah. We're at uh, 3.8 in our projections. Uh, Connor, any thoughts on that? You're muted. I'm not sure if you tailed any of the Goddard stuff anyway.
1: Yeah, I, I did. So I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I, uh, we're, yeah, I think our projections are a little bit too low, but I also, I think that Goddard's just in a great spot potentially. Um, like I think that, depending on what his points bet number comes out at, if you're able to find like mid to high 40s, I think it's worth it because the, the floor is not, uh, you know, it's not super bad. Like, you know, you're looking at, like, he's going to see four to five targets, you know, at the worst case. Um, and so I think in that scenario, like, you're still looking at like 30, 40 yards, worst case, but the upside is like, you know, 100 yards and, you know, on seven, eight catches if, if things are clicking for him. So, yeah, I think that's a, a points betting opportunity as well.
0: And That's a uh, first question from Twitter from the awful gambler. Uh, can us degenerates have point betting prop of the week? Um, his suggestion was maybe Hopkins receiving yards. I'm not sure what his lean is on that, which is I think is interesting in itself. Um, I thought Fields was a good one. Connor's mentioned a couple. Alex, is there uh, something that you have in mind, or do you have a thought on? I guess in general, Hopkins receiving yards. I'm not sure if the awful.
2: Gambler yeah, I think. Um... The Awful Gambler is looking at his over um, for that line. Um, Yeah, I personally am buying in somewhat to the revenge narrative with Hopkins returning to play his old team. Typically, I caution and um, suggest people kind of – I just think it's an overrated concept. But, yeah, I actually think in this scenario, I think he is looking to get back at his team. He obviously uh, had a long history, uh, didn't leave on the best terms, He's been an extremely productive player. Uh, Yeah, I could see him being the focal point of the offense. Uh, I could see Kyler Murray just peppering him with a ton of targets. So, yeah, I think that's a good candidate. I personally think the field's rushing um, prop, though, offers the most value as far as um, uh, the potential for the play and how low the number is. And, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him finish with 60 to 70 rushing yards um, in that game. So that would be my first choice for a potential opportunity.
0: Scott stopping by uh, getting his answer yeah I mean Connor what are your thoughts I mean I think we're we've echoed the same sentiment I know that you've been you know um, you're an experienced points better Connor Uh, do you feel typically that when you go after something like this so you know a, a number that's say in the 80s or you know upper 70s as far as a points bet is not
1: typically what we would advise um, yeah. I, so that, that kind of stuff, uh, I've done it before and I learned a lot of this the hard way. Um, <laughs> just don't like, you know, it, the floor is a lot lower than you think, you know, and that like, even for like guys like, you know, DK Metcalf and like, you know, lead receivers, it's like, you know, their point spending is like, ends up being like, you have to get over 80. And it's like, sure. They could pop off for 180 or 200 yards. But they also, also finish like 40 or 50 or, you know, and then you're holding the bag on a 30, 40 X loss and it doesn't really feel too good. So I try and, you know, point out like like what you guys are talking about like justin fields over under 15 rushing yards the thing is uh is that point bet is getting smarter and they're not posting those anymore for point betting they're allowing you to like bet on them in the binary like you know whatever yes no they're not letting you to like get the every yard you win your wager back you know type of thing uh so i would be surprised if they post it if they do post it i'm definitely on it
2: the type of guy that i, I uh thought more about who i would you know potentially look at who I think, you know, offer a wide range of outcomes and have very high ceilings are guys like McColl Hardman, Henry Ruggs, Quez Watkins, um, guys with lower yardage totals that may not see a lot of volume, but they're obviously capable of, you know, scoring a 70-yard touchdown. It, it's not inconceivable. You'll see them have lines where they have three targets and end up, you know, with a couple games where they have 150-plus receiving yards. So those would be the type of players that I would look at for uh, points betting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good point. Even rugs is getting
0: away from us a little bit. But yeah, historically it's like an MVS. Uh those have been opportunities in the in the past with the way that he's used for sure. Uh RP on Twitter. Huge Mahomes game, uh Mahomes game. I passing yards over completions, uh over thirty-nine and a half yards. Maybe that's rushing. I don't know. On a sprinkle of fifty-five plus uh, yard completions, so like a, a deep pass, uh plus two eighty on points back. I'm not sure exactly what he's uh, talking about as far as all of those specific bets. It's a, a little busy, but uh, conceptually, yes. Uh, big big Chiefs output here. Big Mahomes game. Uh, I think the – I'm taking an over on the Chiefs team total this week. I uh, wrote about it on the site here at 4 for 4. I think the burial here is a little bit premature. They're still leading the league in touchdowns per drive. 41.8% of their possessions. Um, that is – significantly higher than league average, which is 25.3. It's above all the other elite teams, too. So, like, the Rams are in second at 35%. Um, Baltimore, who's 10th, is closer to the Rams than the Rams are to the Chiefs. Like, that's how much – how frequently they're scoring above league average. They just turn the ball over, and that will eventually start to slow down. There will be some regression there, and this offense will still be incredibly elite. Titans defense is terrible, 28th in DVOA and they have a ton of issues in the back half with injuries. So this is a massive, massive spot for the Chiefs. Um, I I think the game total is crazy high, but I think it's still probably a play, even though you're on the wrong side of a key number. It's technically 57 in this new NFL is a key number in totals. Um, But, yeah, I I, I hammered the Chiefs' team total. I love this spot. So, yeah, I mean, you can sell me on all the overs. Uh, Alex, what do you think?
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in full agreement just to piggyback on what you said. This just matchup just sets up beautifully for Mahomes and this whole Chiefs offense. I think this is just a great spot. Obviously, you have a team on the other side, too, that can provide a little bit of push. And, you know, I think the game will be competitive enough that it'll keep Mahomes. Um, throwing the ball throughout the game. Um, Christian Fulton was obviously uh, placed on injured reserve recently. I think the Titans are starting two rookie corners and obviously against um, this passing attack and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Mahomes. That's just going to be a unbelievably tough spot. Yep, but now next
0: one, early value NFL. Uh, next question I thought here, uh, what do you factor more into your decision on a bet? Um, game script, number, which I'm assuming like price, um, or, you know, and number and opportunity. So, um, Connor thoughts here. I mean, obviously it's a little bit of everything to a degree, but what, I guess, how do you approach
1: this? Um, yeah, I think that I, for me, I have just like different mindsets when I'm looking to bet props. So like, um, you know, I'll use our player prop tool, which like solely focuses on the value of the number, basically of like our projections versus, um, that, um, versus like the lines. Um, but then I'll also go through and just like scroll through the lines myself and look for just specific numbers on players. That's, you know, how the Gusecki line popped out to me and that, you know, a few of those different things when, when breaking down a bet though, um, you know, like opportunity, I think is more important to me than game script, uh, especially when looking at things like receptions, receiving yards, touches. And I think those are the most, uh, predictable actually week to week too so you know betting on those types of things is probably better um you know it's like like opportunity so i mean for those who you know aren't in the fantasy space and just in the betting space like opportunity is king and those are like that's it's very highly correlated with you know success just in general so that's something that we harp on and that's something that um i've you know tried to make a effort to translate it into the prop betting space so for me and then the the game strip is just like a bonus because i think uh bet the prop actually did some good research um you know last year the year before basically saying that books largely adjust for game script um and you know that you know betting on running backs with you know that are supposed to be favored by a lot betting their overs on closing numbers at least you know is not necessarily a profitable endeavor um but i personally think that um the game script you know adds in a certain floor so like you know the cardinals very likely they're not going to be losing to the Texans. So, you know, the floor for James Conner to get whatever 10 plus carries is very, very high. And I'd say the odds of that are like super likely. Um, So while it may not increase his total touch count compared to what it would have been, I think that, you know, the floor there is much higher.
2: Yeah. And just to piggyback on what Connor said, if you have any doubts that books um, don't account or build in a projection for game script. Just all you need to do is just look at the opposing running backs that the bucks are playing on a week to week basis. You will see the lowest rushing totals, um, that you'll see all year. So, yeah, I think that obviously is built in. So it's not something really that you're going to have to factor in nearly as much as some of the other things that Connor discussed and listed.
0: Yeah. It's echo Connor's point too. Like, um, you know, we do our Wednesday show Wednesday, you know, the preparation for that show, I think is probably what I would consider the heavy lifting meat and potatoes research part of my week that starts to structure this show for me as far as my process goes. And through that process, because I am a square donkey, uh, I'm always thinking about overs. Who do I think is going to exceed projections first? Who do I think is set up to be in a really good spot? So I make some notes on some guys that I really want to get on as soon as I possibly can. I try to set my own number or a range that I think they're going to be at. That way I can react in the moment when I see that number pop. Um, I tie that into our projections, kind of, again, get some confirmation bias to, to see if, you know, I really respect uh, John Paulson who does our projections. I really want to to see if if I'm way off or if there's something that I'm missing here and if it's even higher than my number is. There we go. And then as far as unders, I'm using our prop tool on site to see if there's anything that that, that those projections think or, um, or buys, massive buys, the opportunity. Because again, my brain just naturally goes to overs. And I think, I know we want to lean unders. I think there's more outs for unders historically, but I also know that I want to lean on what I'm comfortable betting first, find that, kind of flush that out and then see what's out there as far as the under market goes. Um, it made sense to me intuitively that Kamara over 22 and a half is too many this week. And then it's validated in our projections. So um, find what you do well or what you're comfortable doing and then uh, make it work. So, uh, all right. Some other questions that we have here in the chats. Uh, appreciate it guys. Keep firing them off. We really, really appreciate this. Um, there's a lot of stuff in here. Just want to make sure I didn't miss anything too far up.
1: Yeah. One, one quick note here. Uh, overs are way more fun. Yeah. Life's too short, bet the under, I mean, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Just, I mean, way more fun. If you're just going to watch a game, I mean, just, take a take an over that you think is sharp you know whatever like fall i mean if you're looking for pure entertainment then that's taking over but taking over on a player prop even more so than a than a game right like don't don't give yourself a heart attack
0: worrying about a side you know uh, grab a prop on a guy that you like so yeah, yeah. way more fun way more fun uh dan no Pittman or waddle props uh you know no dan <laughs> Currently, um, we love Michael Pittman. Don't force us into defending our Pittman love here. And I, I don't know that there's anyone in Connor's life that he loves more than Jalen Waddle. He is Jalen uh, Waddle, man. He is entrenched in the. uh He kind of divorced himself from the Dolphins takes, but he's just he's hugging on at that wall take so hard, and uh, he's he's getting paid off for it. So yeah, so far so good. uh Gino Smith from Jason. Um, Nine and a half rushing yards. Seems like a a lot more realistic as last week it was higher and he didn't even attempt to run. We talked about a few of these last week, Alex. What are your thoughts here?
2: Yeah. um, Yeah, it was tough watching Geno Smith last week. He he didn't seem to really use his legs whatsoever not even just um as far as rushing attempts were concerned he wasn't even uh escaping pressure with his legs um he seems pretty content just being pretty statuesque in the pocket um there wasn't a lot to go by that i would personally look for um not saying this obviously can't go over but just based on the very minimal data we have um from this season very small sample i'm just uh hard pressed to make a strong case either way
1: connor any thoughts uh, I mean, our projections have them at like 13. Uh, but yeah, I mean, not something that I'm super stoked about. I, I think that like just in general too, like betting on bad players, uh, to do like random things, I think is just a tough, like ask for me. Um, so, you know, I'm a big fan of betting on bad quarterbacks to be bad. Uh, and you know, it sounds very simplistic, but, um, you know, I think that the floor on these guys is just super low. Um, so, Unless, like, I personally don't have too good of a read into Gino or what the hell he's going to do, you know, every Sunday, and so I think that for me, like, pretty much all of his props is either just an under or you know, stay away.
0: Yeah, I can uh, get behind that for sure. All right, what do we got here? Uh, Kyler Murray under 266 passing yards, um, and then Tua here. Any uh, opinions that jump out to you there, Connor? I know that you love Tua.
1: Yeah, I actually almost played the two over. Um, I think it's just—I mean, it's another great matchup. They're passing plenty, um, you know. Despite uh, him, he's just very, very inconsistent right now. Um, you know, he had some of like probably the worst interception of the season and maybe the last few years, uh, where he threw to no one uh, against the Jaguars, and I mean that was just pathetic. Uh, but you know, he also makes great plays from time to time. He threw for over three hundred passing yards. You know, he's um, you know largely very accurate um so I, I think that there's there's plenty of potential for them and you know i think the number is still a little bit too low you know we have i think projected for like 260 plus uh you know if they get into a shootout i think that he could easily go over 300 again and that's you know so i think the the ceiling is pretty high there and i would probably lean, lean over on 251 yeah, i really like
2: sorry run
0: no i'm sorry 262 is our projection for tua uh 284 obviously with 285 alex
1: for for kyler
2: Yeah, I really like Tua this week, personally. Um, I gave out his completions, actually, uh, to my slack earlier in the day. Um, Yeah, I was really encouraged. Last week, the the Dolphins are on pace to be potentially – the worst rushing team or one of the worst rushing teams um, in NFL history, even just from a straight attempt standpoint, they are just not running the ball whatsoever. Uh, Tua has this perception just based on last year, which I don't feel like is uh, accurate presently that he's a low volume passer. And that, yeah, because of these kind of weird wonky game scripts last year where the defense and special teams was scoring at an abnormal rate and Tua's, um, They were also running the ball a lot more effectively, the Dolphins, last season. So, yeah, now we're seeing a lot more volume out of Tua. I think that's going to continue to be a trend. I think he's a very accurate passer when it comes to the short and intermediate routes. Uh, The the matchup is obviously positive, too, and you're just getting really good value, in my opinion, on his completions, on his attempts, just based on the historical um, splits. So, yeah, I really like uh, supporting or backing Tua this week.
0: Uh, all right, uh, Jack. What show do you think this is, man? <laughs> Come on, man. Uh,
1: if he's still uh, tuned in, I mean, we gotta. I mean, I'm just busting balls.
0: Uh, you want to answer? You want to answer? It this is what? quite the question. Should I trade Dallas Goddard and McLaurin <laughs> for Kelsey? Uh, I already have Diggs and Debo. I'll have to start Devontae Parker this week, but after Diggs and Debo already passed their bye weeks, um, Connor, thoughts here. <laughs>
1: Um I don't even know who he's trading he's trading his Goddard and McLaurin for Kelsey. Um I don't know. I mean Do, Independent whatever, of it. do whatever makes you happy, dude. I don't yeah, <laughs> with
2: these types of questions, it's like hard to uh yeah. hard to answer without knowing the scoring settings, without seeing your roster, without kind of knowing, you know, yeah. um what your record is, if you're in a position where you're fighting for your playoff life where you have to win out. Or, you know, you have a comfortable lead or you're playing for a buy. So there's just so many factors that make it very difficult to answer a lot of questions uh, pertaining to fantasy trades and stuff without seeing it.
1: I I see though. 12-man full-point PPR. I am a big fan of of trading away two of your own players for one player.
2: Um, To get an elite upgrade, of course. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, Especially, like you said, that he already has, um, you know, the good – like he already has other players in that position. So he's fine. He should probably make the trade. Um, But for me, like, you know, just – In your league, like, unless you're playing for nosebleed stakes, just do what is going to make you have the most fun and most enjoyable, especially if the trade is close. Like, you know, if you love Kelsey, just trade for him. I mean, like, I'm I'm not going to shame you, but I agree with Connor. Yeah, Yeah, that is great.
2: (laughs) I advocate always for being on the receiving end if you're trading two players for one, and obviously the one. The reason you're trading two four one is to get a significant upgrade. So yeah, I think that's a plus EV.
1: The chat betting on whether he'll make the trade
0: is great. This oh, it's so gross. good. Laying odds <laughs> on it too. Thank you guys. Uh, you, you guys are the the real MVPs here. That's uh, that's awesome. Um, Ramondre. Any thoughts on Ramondre Stevenson's role in New England? His receiving line is at eleven and a half. The Ramondre stuff is interesting. So, uh, he. Ran a higher uh, rate of routes last week than uh, Brandon Bolden did, which is kind of what Brandon Bolden, you know, Bolden has kind of take on, taken over in that pass catcher role. The interesting part is Brandon Bolden played um, 71% of the long down and distance snaps, and Ramondre did not play any of those. So Ramondre was targeted and used in the passing game and not necessarily in the prototypical third down you know, pass catching role, I guess that, would, that you would say. But again, Ramondre, his skill set is is really good. Probably the most talented all-around back on that roster. I think that there's been a lot of encouraging coach speak coming out of New England about how they want to continue to incorporate uh, him into the game plan. So I think he probably continues to wedge into that Brandon Bolden role. Um, so you can sell me on 11.5. I don't know that it's a play for me currently, but Alex, you seem to uh, agree a little bit.
2: Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I've also been very encouraged by Ramondre and his role in the offense seems to be growing and expanding. Um, We've also seen Damian Harris struggle a little bit with efficiency. He's been dinged up a bit, too. He obviously had a crucial fumble and stuff. So he's one bad play away from seeding that job to Ramondre. So, yeah, there's a lot to like some of his numbers. Did entice me. I didn't make them official plays or play them privately. But, yeah, I did think he did offer some value today. One thing I was looking at was his rushing attempts at six and a half. I do think that is a solid bet to go over this week. I also think it presents the sort of game script required being big favorites, obviously, versus a porous team. So, yeah, I I am keeping a very close eye on this backfield and would not surprise me whatsoever within a week or two if he's, you know, splitting work almost 50-50 with Harris.
0: Yeah, uh, Connor, thoughts, buddy? I know you've been on the Bolden thing a couple times.
1: I know, yeah. I, I kind of like, I unfortunately got burned by it a little bit last week, just because they did switch up the roles a little bit. Like Bolden had like pretty much all the passing down, like work blocked up, and then last week, as you mentioned, you know Stevenson started eating into it a little bit. I'm personally just kind of you know staying away until we there's a little bit more definitiveness about Stevenson because for a while I just thought it was bullshit about like you know they were talking about Stevenson and then he didn't even wasn't even active and then talk of stevenson and then he play a little bit more and now it's just like all over the place so i think eventually he'll get there and so there will be value um but i just don't know if the markets will react to it accordingly and they probably will but i just don't know yet so I'm if if
2: you if you hear the coaching staff like mcdaniels and belichick uh talk about him he gets heaped with praise so they're not like giving out like empty compliments to players just to like hype guys up i feel like when they back someone especially publicly it like carries some weight and uh yeah so i've just heard growing things about him i was also kind of on the shelf where he was at i wasn't really seeing it until yeah i just saw him uh just roll expand more and more i do think he's positioned really well and something to definitely pay close attention to
0: Next one here from Jonathan uh, Tua twenty four and a half completions uh, we lean under projection wise at twenty three point three but again that's not necessarily a bettable projection for me uh, this is the line jump out to either of you uh, Connor
1: you first yeah, I, I think Alex bet the over we talked about the the two overs I'm in on the over I like I think that uh, Tua is always an over um, but you know just I think in this spot just, just specifically for reasons that Alex laid out earlier um, I'm into it
2: yeah I bet it at twenty two and a half It's a number I had uh, for my slack. I wouldn't personally bet it at twenty four and a half. I'd definitely lean over on it personally, but yeah, I don't think it's a play at twenty four and a half uh, if you can still find it at twenty three and a half for plus money um I'd look at that but yeah at twenty four and a half I'd personally advise staying off of it, but I, I do really like the over and I anticipate him um yeah having quite a few completions. this one jumps out to me um,
0: question here from jason mixon fifty eight and a half we have a really hefty projection on Mixon this week. Um, it kind of surprised me a little bit cause this was popping in our, um, uh, in our model this week, in our betting tool, um, our mix in rushing yard number 83.4, uh, which is rich, um, in a projected negative game script, uh, against Baltimore who has been, uh, you know, pretty good against the run. I think, let me, uh, validate that with, uh, some stuff yeah. here. Uh, decent, not great. I'm ninth in success rate. Right? They've given up some big plays, but you know, fifth and adjusted line yards. Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts on uh, on mixing?
2: This number really interests me too. I, I was really curious to get both of your thoughts on it. Um, it also opened 58 and a half and then on I think it was on DraftKings it was 66 and a half. So there was mm-hmm. a big range between um, DraftKings and FanDuel at one point. I'm not sure if um, they caught up to each other. But, yeah, this is a really interesting number. The the one area the Ravens have played well defensively there for the front seven is still um, very stout. Uh, I don't think they've allowed a running back to eclipse 60 yards yet this season. Um, So, yeah, Mixon has been one of the, like, last true workhorse backs. He's on a short list of not very many guys who you know just plays a massive role uh, for the team's running back position I do think the volume will be there the game script I expect the game to be competitive so yeah I've been kind of seesawing back and forth I don't want to spoil my column but I do like Mixon's receptions yards a lot this week but Check my column out if you want a more take on that. Nice. I like the teaser.
1: Look at this guy. Professional, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> watching you become a man in front of my own eyes. I love it. <laughs> uh,
1: you guys like, said it all. I don't have much else.
0: So Good stuff. Uh, Matt wants to know DK Metcalf over 58 and a half receiving yards. It just looks so funky because we're so used to seeing DK yeah, an 85. 85 and a half, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, obviously – Different scenario with Geno Smith in a matchup against a, uh, you know, Saints defense that's been, I don't know. I think they're a little fraudulent, but they've been pretty darn good so far if you look at some of the metrics. Uh, Connor, any thoughts on on DK?
1: Um, I'm not betting on anything tied to Geno Smith. uh, DK is a, you know, MF an animal and just, you know, an absolute men among boys. But, you know, he just, I I can't do that right now.
2: I agree. Alex, you too? Yes, yeah, same thing. Just like you guys summed it up perfectly, just being tied to Geno Smith, uh, the numbers obviously enticing, and you know at first glance you're like, man, this looks like a tremendous value. But yeah, just having to rely on Geno Smith delivering the football is just uh, bad news. Producer
1: Sal also mentioned that he did not practice today uh, with a foot injury. So,
2: yeah, third right string there too, running back in Seattle. What's that? Oh, it was DK that didn't practice today. DK, Sorry, yeah, I thought it was yeah. Gino that didn't. Okay.
0: Yeah. Oh man, can you imagine? I don't even know what that answer is, but that's gonna. <laughs> yeah, I rough. didn't either. That's a rough
2: scene.
0: <laughs> uh, Antonio Gibson uh, catches at least one pass per game over nine and a half, I assume receiving yards here. Um, yeah, I mean he's obviously dinged up as well. You know, nice game script considering, you know they're you know seven and a half, eight point dogs against Green Bay. Uh, Alex, any thoughts on uh, Gibson here?
2: Yeah, I, I can get behind this. Obviously it's low enough of a number where it just requires one catch. Um we all know the fact that he is a converted wide receiver. We haven't necessarily seen um it translate the way that I think a lot of people who are Gibson backers or truthers, including myself, expected. We, he's kind of, you know, been more of a um traditional running back running between the tackles. You know, I anticipated him being kind of closer to like uh, Marshall Falk as far as uh uh his pass catching ability or his dual threat ability is concerned so yeah we haven't really seen them um kind of unleash him in the passing game in the way that we want to but yeah we've seen glimpses of it he's obviously more than capable um it is a little bit scary versus green bay the way they grind clock and just keep the opposing offenses off the field but yeah i'm expecting green bay to basically move the ball at will versus this washington football defense essentially positioning Washington to have to uh, deploy him or abandon the run and use him more as a receiver. So, yeah, I like it.
0: Uh, Hunter Henry, any thoughts on Henry plus three catches parlayed with scoring a touchdown at plus two ninety? Uh, you lose me on the touchdown a little bit, um, and by a little bit, I mean don't do this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just because, I mean, like I, i've I've railed on touchdown props. I, they're fun, right? So it's to Connor's point earlier. If you are going to bet an over. We're gonna bet bet it over. Uh, if you want to bet, bet a touchdown prop, like
1: just don't. You've never lived if you've ever never parlayed first touchdown props. Uh, That's it,
2: true. You know, it is an exciting it is an exciting experience. Yeah, you hit today. one yeah. leg
1: and you just feel like you could be a millionaire in like yeah. twenty minutes. You know what I mean? And it never happens. But you know what? It's it's a little bit of you know if you need a little adrenaline boost if the unders aren't you know you know calling your name anymore, just, just go for it yeah, It's a I mean,
2: thrilling experience.
1: Generally, I would say plus two ninety is not nearly enough. I wouldn't even bet on Hunter Henry at plus two ninety to score a touchdown outright, let alone three plus catches. Totally. Um, so you know, yeah, I mean, I would probably need closer to like five to one for that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think that Hunter Henry's role is up. Uh, you know, is interesting though. But yeah, I think that there's different ways to play it. Um, particularly, if you like
0: them both, Edward bet them separately. Just you know, be honest. True. I mean, yeah, you're not going to get a good price. You on if you're paying 290 for that to be parlayed i don't i can't imagine what the touchdown number is for
1: henry you know plus 185 or something ridiculous like that that it, it shouldn't side shouldn't note be that. about same game parlays DraftKings same game parlay thing is just the biggest load of bullshit i've ever seen in my life they don't even list the odds there like you're just clicking random things looking at the odds at the bottom like And most of it doesn't even make sense. Like you'll add a leg that's not even correlated and it'll add like plus 200 or whatever, like down the sixth leg of your parlay, which is normally like a massive leap, you know, like after the first two legs, it just continuously jumps higher and higher. Like at least FanDuel is kind of honest about it. They tell you what the odds are and you know, you're getting like shitty, you know, suit (laughs) out of it. DraftKings is just letting you, you know, whatever, poke around and guess on the random legs. And I mean... Yes, yeah, so if you're going to do same game parlays, I mean, I I can't prove to you that they're worse odds, but I've tried to do the same bets on different websites, and it's almost it is always worse on DraftKings. So, yeah, um, yeah, just
2: I th- I think I just saw either Caesars or MGM uh, just roll out same game parlays as well. I haven't uh, checked to see if the the setup is um, better than FanDuel or DraftKings, but yeah, worth checking out.
0: Hey, win bet. There's an edge for you here. Get into the same game parlay market and do it better than anyone else. Um, just give it a shot. Try. People love them. Yeah.
1: Try being yeah, better than, than everyone
0: else it. for, uh, you know, for a little nice little spot. Maybe you you'll make it on bleacher or
1: poor betting. You know I mean? That's life goal.
0: That's the goal, right? Is to hit one <laughs> all,
2: those, uh... all right.
0: Uh, I'm going to fly through a couple of these real quick. And then we're going to get to the prop tool bet of the week. Jacoby Myers over a half a completion. Um, I want more than a uh, four to one um, Kyle yeah. check over 15 and a half yards uh, receiving. I mean, this is a no sex play. If I've ever <laughs> seen one, like there's, oh, we talked about the, the weather conditions there. Fine. Uh, you know, you can sell me on that. The, the rest of the backfield is getting healthy though. And I understand that maybe he has a better role without Kittle, but um, I'm staying away from Yeah, we, we have
1: 24 and a half projected. Oh, we, we love Kyle. You every week. Yeah, every yeah. week. Um, we also love Cordell Patterson every week. You know, maybe, too. You I know. love Cordell
2: Patterson every week, gentlemen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm it's, a Cordell it's Truther. it's worth yeah. so
1: um,
0: no problem with that at all. All right, producer Sal, uh, let's do our prop tool bet of the week. Sal. <laughs> All right. What do we got here, Sal? Uh, we have Jalen Hurts. Oh, Connor's already moist. Uh, rushing yards over 42.5. Minus 115. 58.1 is our projection. Really nice uh, number here. Uh, Connor, you are, I'm sure, lathered up and ready to go. Talk to us about Jalen Hurts.
1: Yep. All in. All in. Um, no, I I don't know. I hadn't really looked at that one, but I, I like it. I think that um, you know it, it's a good matchup the game should be back and forth this is uh, I like the over in this game in general so playing overs and games you like to go over the total is generally a good idea um, and 42 and a half it's been about the same line most of the time and he was going over that way more like early and then last last year It's kind of slowed down a little bit but um, yeah I, I think that this could be a good over spot
0: yeah, listeners, if you're new to the show, you don't know that Connor has a um, Jalen Hurts onesie that he sleeps in every night. <laughs> uh, Alex, what are your thoughts not. on, on Jalen not. Hurts?
2: Yeah, I I actually like this quite a bit too. Um, having watched Hurts uh, play every snap this season, um, yeah, I think this is a this is a good spot for him for sure. If I recall correctly, too, we saw Lamar um, eclipse 100 yards rushing versus the same uh, Raiders defense on monday night or sunday night football whenever that was week one or two um yeah I, I think this is really solid
0: yeah i like it too sal i think we got another winner here buddy which has uh, been a theme for you in this spot again this is our prop tool which is available with a betting subscription at four for four we have sliced the price there definitely worth checking it out again you can find that four for four dot com slash plans it's going to include some nba stuff which is coming soon we're also uh really still betting and firing off uh, at golf tournaments, which is uh, fantastic. So, uh, very active Discord. You're getting all of our prop bets um, basically right as we bet them. Uh, and getting a little heads up even before we, we hit the books that way you're ready to go too. So, very active Discord with some uh, really smart people engaged in good conversations even when Connor and I uh, and the rest of the crew aren't there as well. So, uh, last question before we wrap it up, Matt Ian, under the wire. Where, where are we at this week on Julio? Obviously a great game setting for Julio uh, I know that we've been dealing with some injury question marks trying to find where we have his projection I think we're buried and we maybe don't even have him playing currently anyone have a lean on Julio
2: it's just you know we see him gut out so many injuries not questioning his toughness but at this stage in his career I'm not sure that he's able to be that effective um As as playing hurt, essentially. Um, Yeah, I think he's more of a decoy. I think he kind of helps A.J. Brown more than he necessarily will make an impact. Obviously, that's not to say if the number is discounted enough or provides enough value. I will bite. I bit last week, got a little bit lucky with that circus catch. I'll take it. But, yeah, he does not seem like he's 100% healthy. I know he didn't practice today. And, yeah, he, he's just not a guy that plays – he plays through injuries, but he doesn't look like the Julio we're used to seeing when he's playing through injuries. So he's clearly operating at less than 100%. So, yeah, just not not, not a spot I'm looking for necessarily.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I agree with that, Connor. You too? Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Tough, to, tough to bet on him, tough to bet against him, just – for me maybe a live bet i don't know. see how i see how he's doing
0: yeah no i agree with that uh, you guys are awesome thanks for hanging out and uh keeping us company here again don't forget to subscribe rate and review we really really appreciate that it helps other people find us uh, that way we can continue to help as many people as possible um we'll be back on wednesday uh connor and i and then we'll be back in the same spot next week so for alex and connor i'm ryan thanks for hanging out